of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Uh, we're picking right up where we left off with the, with the life of Moses. And here he is. Uh, he's out of, of, uh, of Egypt. He's got the children of Israel leading them out. The Bible says we, the verses we read last week are chapter 13. And God leading them by a pillar uh, of cloud and of fire. And now he, God gives him some instructions to listen to, to obey. And it's important that they did these specifically. And because the amount of scripture we'll read, we'll just, uh, we won't stand for the reading of God's word because we're going to read a pretty lengthy bit of scripture. Exodus chapter 14, and let's begin reading in verse number one. Verse number one, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pahiroth, be between Milgdom and the sea over against another name, uh, before it shall encamp ye by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, and the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so. So as we make our way, as we make our way through this text, I'm going to give you just a bit of an introduction, and then we'll get into the sermon. But we see the path that God makes for them to the sea. God specifically had them go the direction they did. Now, understand that they're trying to get to the other side of the sea, not go south and uh, not go uh, any other direction, but get to the other side. And God has them go a different direction in which they did not completely understand. And also, this direction was given to them so that it would confuse Pharaoh and get Pharaoh to chase them. So God is leading the path of these children of Israel to get them to go a certain direction so that God will have his way with Pharaoh. So there are times in our life when God sends us in a direction, we don't understand why, we don't understand how, we don't understand when, all of it will take place, but God has a specific path for each and every one of us. And it is important that we understand that too, as a Christian, that every person in this room, you have a job, you have a path. You have a way that God has prepared for you. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy what? Thy path. God has a path. God has a specific way for you to go. See, and it was, it was important that the children of Israel followed that path specifically. Not for them to go to anywhere else. Not for, not for them to go to... He, he had a path for them to go to those towns that I can't pronounce right. That's, those were the towns that God told him to go to. Even though they didn't understand, well, why do you want us to go there? And also it is to note that Moses didn't question God. Moses didn't say, well, God, I, well, I think that we ought to go over here or, or God I think we ought to go north or God I think we ought to go east or west or whatever direction he said okay God that's where we're going to go and he and he listened to God the path in which God had chosen for him how important is it is it uh, is it for us Christians to listen to God's path well God I think I ought to do it this way well well I don't know I, I think I ought to go here or go there or go do this or do that we want to sometimes me huh uh, sometimes we want to say, well, God, I don't know that I agree with that completely. Well, I think I ought to go do this. But God's plan and God's purpose for our life is perfect, even though we don't understand. And even though we may not completely ever understand. 
Now we can look back at this scripture and say, well, this is the reason God had them go this way, so it was to bring out Pharaoh. But Moses didn't know that at the time. Moses wasn't exactly for sure. Well, why would God have me go here? All he knew was God said, and that's it. And he did it. How important is it for us to do that same way now? Ah, man, ah, I don't know. I don't know the Bible. I don't know. I think we, uh, no. God speaks, we listen. Don't let God's word fall on deaf ears. Don't only be a hearer of the word, but be a what? A doer of the word. So the Bible says, so just a way of wave introduction, God's path for them was to go a certain way. But let's look at the pleas as, as we look into the sermon. The pleas by the sea. Look in verse number, uh, verse number five through verse number eight tells us how many chariots Pharaoh has. He gets 600 chariots, uh, 600 chosen chariots. And the Bible then also says in verse number seven, all the chariots of Egypt and the captains of every one of them. So I don't know exactly for sure how many chariots he took, but he took, uh, he took certain chosen ones, and then he took all the chariots of, his, uh, of Egypt. Now look in verse number 9. The Bible says, But the Egyptians pursued after them uh, and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them in camping by the sea beside Perath. Uh, verse number 10, and when God, when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto who? They cried out to the Lord. They cried out, hey, hey, Lord, verse number 11. And then they said, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast uh, thou dwelt thus with us to carry us forth out to Egypt? So here we are. And God has placed them in a the, in the specific spot. They've followed God's path. And now we look at the pleas. What were their pleas? First of all, their plea was to God. Their first cry Oh God, help us. Verse number 10. Oh God, help us. Cry out unto the Lord. Now, as we look at our own personal life, how important is it for us to cry out to God? But here it is, and when problems come, when temptations come, when, when uh, troubles come, when trials come, our first help to look is not to the Lord. Our first help to look is, well, why did God do this? Or why did God do that? Well, why did I have a blowout? You know, and we immediately begin to blame something or, or we, our, our first help is not to look for God. But the children of Israel, there they are in the middle uh, in this place, I can't, I'm sorry, I just can't pronounce it. And there he is, and they see the Egyptians coming. Now, I don't know about you, but they've got horses and chariots and probably some heavy uh, military equipment, and they're coming down the road. I think I might even be a little bit scared. But what do they do? They immediately say, God, help! And that's what we need to do. Amen. God, help! When we are in our, in our time of need, but many times we don't. Well, okay, we'll go here. Ask for this person's help. Or blame God. Well, why'd you put me in this situation anyways? But if we read the rest of this text, we'll find out that God placed them there so that he could provide so that they would have uh, to be able to walk across the Red Sea. But God had them placed in the perfect spot for that to take place. Amen. Because if they were not in God's spot where he told them to, 
then none of this would have taken place. And go back to the introduction, why it's so important to be on God's path that He has for you. I always, I always said this. I would hate to know that my children were supposed to get saved when I brought them to church and I decided not to go to church. My path, my children were supposed to get saved at church this morning or last week or whenever it was, and I didn't come to church because I skipped, right? God has a path for us. You say, what are you talking about? God has a path for you. God has a path for me. These people were in that path that God wanted them to be, and they plead to God for help. But then also they plead to Moses. Look at the plea to Moses. Moses, did you bring us out here to die? You brought us all the way out here to die. In verse number 12, is not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had, better, it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses, you're an idiot. Why'd you bring us out here? Now we're going to die. These Egyptians are coming on us, and it's your fault, buddy. We should have just stayed in Egypt, and we'd have been just fine serving them. What's wrong with these guys? What's wrong with these guys? Man, if we, if, if we would have just stayed in Egypt, we would have been just fine. Just fine. Now, I ask you this. How many times is that us? God, everything's, everything's fallen to pieces and we want to know why. Well, why is this going sideways? Well, why is this messed up? Well, God, if you would have just kept us where we was at, it would have been just fine. Uh-huh. But that's not what God had planned. God had a specific plan for them and a specific purpose. But if you watch this, so what is Moses' answer to these people? What is Moses' answer to these people? You know, and I will say this, I believe that if we'd be honest with ourselves, the answer for us when we're in this situation and our plea is, oh God, and then our plea is, well, man, if you wouldn't have brought us here, we wouldn't have died. It would be the same answer. Look in verse number 13. He says, he says in verse number 13, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you when? Today. He said, okay, listen, guys. He said, I understand you're scared. I understand we see the Egyptians coming. But listen, stand, first of all, fear not. Bible says God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a pure mind. Hey, God has not given us that spirit of fear. And so Moses says, fear, here comes the rain, listen to it, fear not, fear not. <laughs> the rains are coming. Fear not, fear not. When we're in the middle of trouble and we're in the middle of an attack, Fear not. Why? Because God is on my side. Moses says, hey, stand still. He said, fear not. He said, because the salvation of the Lord is 
today. He said, I don't know how I'm going to explain it. I don't know what's going to happen because Moses didn't even know what was going to take place. But he knew that we need to be in the place where God wants us to be and stand still, fear not. Then he said, he not only tells them to fear not, but then he tells them to stand still. Stand still and let God move. We want to get in a hurry. And I've said this before, I'm a very impatient person. You can ask my wife. I will avoid stoplights like the plague. I will go down every side street. I hate, I hate stoplights. My wife said, why are you going that way? Because there's no stoplights. And in this city, you run into stoplights everywhere. It takes you 30 minutes to go down Twin City Highway. Because you run into 100 stoplights between here and Port Alpha. I'm not a patient person. But there are times in our life when we need to stand still and let God move. And fear not. Trust Christ and stand still. Because if you will stand still, God is working. Well, I don't see it. You don't have to see God move because he's moving. There's things in the background. God begins to move. God begins to work and you don't even see it until it's there. And see, God was placing the Egyptians there. He was placing the children of Israel where they were supposed to be at so that he could get the path across the Red Sea. But first, before they could see that, they had to fear not and stand still because the salvation of the Lord is today. As a Christian, we want to fix problems now. We want it to be done now. Now. Well, then he also says, verse number 14, listen to these words. He said, the Lord shall fight for who? You. And ye shall hold your what? Shut your mouth. That's what he told them. Shut your mouth. Quit complaining. Quit whining. Quit worrying. That's what he said. Shut, hold, hold, your, hold your peace. Shut your mouth. God's working. God, we are on the Lord's side. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord's going to fight for us. But in our, too many times, man, I don't understand this all. This, you know, the sky is falling, you know. I don't understand it. People walk around there all the time like that. Stand still. Hold your peace. Fear not. The Lord, we're on His side. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. God is on my side. Verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, <coughs> Wherefore criest thou unto me, speaking to the children of Israel, that they go forward. He said, you've listened to my command. You've understood. You're fearing not. You're standing still. You're holding your peace. The salvation of the Lord is today. I'm going to fight for you. Now we move. Now we move. Now it's time to go. Let's drop down to verse number 21. And the Bible says that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night and made the sea dry land 
And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left hand, on their left, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them. To the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. So here it is. We've seen the plea. Now we see the parting. Verse number 21. And Moses reaches his hand forth with his rod. And God splits the water. And the wind blows and blows and blows. Until it splits the water. And it dries the ground out on the bottom of the sea. Amen. The drying of the ground is just as much a miracle as the, as the, uh, as the water standing. I remember as a kid, we went to church camp at Camp Victory, and uh, they, we all swam in this pond. And uh, it was a pretty nasty pond. You was talking about a nasty pond this morning. It was nasty. Your clothes would be stained if you swam in that. I remember jumping off of the top and my feet getting stuck in the mud. And I'm telling you, it was like a, I was underwater, you know, trying to get out from underneath that mud, being st- your feet being stuck in the mud. And I think of that lake or that pond that we used to swim in and how muddy it would be. Can you imagine for thousands of years that Red Sea setting there and how wet that ground was at the bottom of that Red Sea? But when God said, Moses, lift your hand up, I'll fight for you, bud. You're on, the Lord is on, I, the Lord's on my side. Lift your hand up. And when he lifted his rod up in the air, God created a wind that would pull that Red Sea apart and dry that ground out enough for millions of Jews to walk across. How wide did that path have to be? For, you know, this, this church, if you walk down the center aisle, may, we might be able to go th- at two wide, maybe three wide at most, maybe. You walk down the center over there, you have to turn sideways just to go down it, right? You have to turn sideways to walk in between the pews. I mean, God's path that he created for these people wasn't just a, a, you know, just a couple of people wide. You're talking millions of people that he had to get across the Red Sea. How wide did the water have to be? But God created that space because he said, I'll fight for you. See, when you hold your peace... And you trust, you fear not, which means you're going to trust in something. And you stand still and let God work. He'll part the Red Sea and you'll walk across on dry ground. Come on. That's how dry it was. Come on. That's right. I mean, can you imagine? Take yourself and put yourself with the children of Israel and... and, you walk across on dry ground, but I'm going to tell you, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you've seen God do that same thing in your life. No, it wasn't the Red Sea. No, it wasn't the dry ground specifically, but you've seen God work. You've seen God answer prayer. You've seen God work miraculously. Hey, why not have God do it again? Why not ask God to part the Red Sea again? Why not ask God to do the great miracle that you've seen in your life? Hey, I don't want those, those miracles to be a thing of the past. I want those things to be a miracle and that we talk about today and tomorrow and next week and next year. That's what the miracle I want to see is God work miraculously now, not back then. It's great to look at that miracle and see what God's done, but wouldn't it be great for us to stand here and talk about how God parted the Red Sea for us today? 
Amen. That's right. I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. He's still the same God. He hasn't changed. Who's changed? Fear not. Hold your peace. Stand still. I will fight for you. But God's not done fighting. He cleared the path for the children of Israel. But he also cleared the path for the, for the chariots too. Let's, let's continue to read. Look what takes place to the, of the chariots. And it came to pass, verse 24. So all of, well, let me back up. Verse 23 says, all the Pharaoh's horsemen and all the chariots were already in the, in the sea, already in the middle. And it came to pass in the morning, watch the Lord. <clears throat> looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and they took and took off the chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord, what? Fighteth for them against the Egyptians. So listen, as they were making their way across the Red Sea, they were chasing them. God began to take apart their chariots and their wheels began to fall off and then the axles begin to break and everything begins to come loose and they say, let's get out of here because it's the Lord. He's fighting for them. When they fear not and they stood still and they held their peace, God began to work on their behalf. But he wasn't done. Look in verse 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again. And the, upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And there they were, broken down chariots, running for their life, and the water coming on them. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Let the Lord fight for you. See, and that's the other problem we have, is we want to fight God's battles. I got this. I can handle it. Am I alone there? Am I the only one that tries to do that? I can handle this. I'll, I'll take care of this. But God says, the Lord will fight for them. The Lord f- f- was fighting for the children of Israel. And I believe this today, that God will fight on your behalf. Amen. If you will, shut your mouth. Hold your, hold your peace. Stand still and fear not. God will fight for you. In the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of what's going on in your life, fear not. Stand still and hold your peace. Trust God. Are you on the Lord's side? Yes or no? If you are, then you're on the right side. So I ask you this. Why not? the Red Sea. Why not? Everybody in this room, you have a Red Sea that needs to be split. You have dry ground 
that you need to walk on. You need a miracle, right? You have a need? I don't know what it is, but God does. But can God do it? Yes. Will He work for you? Yes. Then let Him. Let Him work for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for tonight. I thank You for letting us be here together. Lord, I, I thank You for Your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that You've used me and 